What's up, friend? And welcome to the podcast. I'm Nikki Sunshine, your host, and this is Become a Relationship Badass, where I bring you powerful interviews and sometimes it's just me talking about things, (laughs) all in service of helping you to create badass, intimate relationships in your life. I do believe that the quality of my relationships strongly affect the quality of my life. And so with that, I'm here to help as many people as I can create high quality, unbreakable, truly fulfilling relationships. Thanks for being here and let's get into the episode. What's up, badass, and welcome back to part two of my Rockstar Communication series. Uh, Last week, we went over responsible speaking. I think I shared four or five tips around responsible speaking. If you have not heard episode eight, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that. These two are... Um, part of a little set I call Rockstar Communications. So if you listen to that episode and this episode, you will be armed with some epic tools for badass fucking communication, which frankly can change change one's life. It, it has changed mine. If you guys read my blog or follow me on Instagram, I often speak about the power of words and how the words we choose and even the way in which we speak those words meaning our tone, our body language, our intent behind the words. Um, All of this, in my experience, has so much effect on how the message is received. So I take full responsibility in my life to speak a message in a way in which others can receive it. Does that make sense? So yeah, today we're going to go over what I like to call ligus. Ligas. I'm still working that out, you guys. It's L-Y-G-A-S. It's an acronym for living like you give a shit. Okay? Or, wow, I just said living. Listening like you give a shit. That's so funny. Um, (laughs) Once again, it's past 8 p.m. and baby grandma is trying to record a podcast. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to work on listening like you give a shit. Um, To me, this is different than... Listening so that the other person thinks I listen to them because they keep asking me to listen and I don't get why they want me to listen. God damn it. (laughs) So today we're going to focus on truly listening to someone, which means to me what it means is truly understanding what another person's experience is. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Doesn't mean you have to get behind them and say, yeah, I, I agree with this. I back you up. But it's simply a way of connecting human to human and saying, wow, that must have been really hard for you. I can feel how hard that was for you because I'm so attuned. I'm listening to you in such an attuned way right now. Um, it's almost like empathy. You can you can really understand what that person has been through. And uh, to me, this form of listening helps to breed compassion. Which is why I think it's so helpful, particularly in conflict, So here's the deal. If you can nail this type of listening down, if you can understand it, learn it, practice it, and have it become almost like a second nature in your normal life, that is, when I say normal, I mean when you're 
in the normal resource state, not triggered, not activated. Just going about your day. Then from there, you have a better chance of being able to apply this when you are activated. So that would be maybe during a conflict, let's say with your partner. And you can actually diffuse the heat and energy of the conflict with these tools. And it's not a mask or cover up or trying to push the problem aside. Uh, It's a genuine, it's essentially a way to express genuine curiosity and care for another through listening like you give a shit, ligus. (laughs) If you guys have a good idea for how I can work that, listening like you give a shit, or a cool way to pronounce it that rolls off the tongue a little more, hit me up. Let me know. I'd love to hear your suggestions. Um, So yeah, this is what we're going to cover today. I've got one, two, three, four, five awesome tips we're going to go over that you can turn off this podcast and apply in your life immediately. So as always, I'd love to hear how it goes for you guys. If you have stories to share, trying to apply these tips, if you have questions or um, comments, just reach out to me as always. Uh, You guys know the normal channels, Instagram at Relationship Badass, my website, RelationshipBadass.com. I have my epic Facebook tribe that I love and adore so much. Um, You can join that by clicking the notes or clicking the link in in the show description. But yeah, I'd love to hear your experience. So we are about to dive into these tips. Before I do that, I wanna say this is my ninth episode which is exciting for me. I hope it's exciting for you guys too. And so my next episode is going to be in the double digits. Woohoo! And a little, you could, I don't think anyone knows this, but a little promise I made to myself is that when I get to 50 episodes, I will hire myself a podcast producer. <laughs> So that means no more late nights for baby grandma up editing audio clips and <laughs> doing all this technological stuff that I don't love. So 10 episodes, it's exciting because it means I'm one-fifth of the way there to getting my podcast producer. So if you love this show and you get value from it and if you're that person who's like checking to see if I posted a new episode because you, you just can't wait, please let me know. I need, I want to and need to hear this from you guys. It gives me the drive to keep pulling these late nights and spending hours creating content and crafting these episodes, um, you know, after my day job, right? (laughs) So uh, ways you can show your love. The biggest way is leaving me ratings, which is like super easy on iTunes. You just click the number of stars. It's so easy. It takes like two seconds. You just click the stars and that's it. Um, If you have a little more time than two seconds, you could scroll down a little bit more and leave me an actual review. Um, I think I have one right now and it's it's from my best friend. (laughs) So if you're out there and you're getting value, please let me know. Um, It's that means so much to me. That is like the greatest way to say thank you, truly. And other ways you can let me know, screenshot this episode and put it on your Instagram story and tag me in it. That's super helpful. Um, just social proof, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and you know, if you don't want to do any of that, just spread the word. If there's someone in your life who you think could get value from this, just let them know. Hey, go check out this podcast. 
That's even very helpful. So my mission is to get this information out to millions of people because I think it's absolutely vital to creating incredible, beautiful, inspiring, empowering relationships, which I think is key to living a fulfilled and beautiful life. So yeah, that's I'm going to end my uh my my call to action there with asking you guys to to show me some love and I'm going to dive into the good stuff. So yeah, let's get going. So yeah, today we're talking about listening. Uh just want a couple notes that the transformative power of listening to someone. It's truly incredible and you will witness this yourself once you start practicing these tools how healing it can be or how it's so healing to feel like someone truly gets me. So it's like oftentimes when I go to a friend or a partner and I'm, let's say I'm sharing a challenge I'm going through or a struggle I'm in, the instinct of the listener is often to try and solve the problem or craft solutions or give advice. But what's what I've observed in my own life is oftentimes I going to venture to say most of the time, I'm really just wanting someone to hear me and to hold space for me to share my experience and my pain and for someone to really get it. Like not just hear my words, but really get it. Like, oh, damn, now that you've explained that, I, Nikki, I really see how hard this must be for you. You must be so tired or stressed out or be feeling this way. And if I feel like they really understood me, something about that instantly has me feeling like relief and a little bit more calm and even a little more resourced about the situation. I think it might have something to do with the fact that being seen in my pain, messiness, you know, fractured parts, darkness, whatever you want to call it, and then still being loved I think that's like the ultimate healing in life in my in my view. That's like the goal of life is to like and I I guess I say this a lot. One of the big goals I think in this lifetime is to be brave enough and courageous enough to truly show all of me. So that's that's where being vulnerable comes in and saying, "Here's the part about me I think you're all going to think is awesome and here's the part about me I'm scared to share with you and I'm going to share it anyway." And when I do that and I get love back, it's like a warm bath. It's like a a delicious, nurturing tea with cinnamon and almond milk and like like candles. Mm, This is just what's coming up for me. It feels so good. And so I think a small version of that happens when we really understand someone because They're sharing this pain and struggle and instead of receiving judgment or, um, you know, kind of the message of here's how you can fix that problem, aka you, you're kind of a problem right now and here's how you can fix that. So that's kind of advice. Um, You just get pure love and acceptance. So yeah, I think it's really transforming to be able to do this and that ties into why this can be so helpful in conflict. If you can get this down as like a skill where in the midst of a conflict, you're able to get resourced enough and be 
the one to go first, so to speak, and hear your partner out or whoever you're in the conflict with and really get their world first, um, I mean, it can just change the game. I speak this from great experience in my life. I do this with my partner and others in my life. Like friends, maybe I'm going through a little tiff with, or I definitely do this with my clients, but um, it can be really, it can essentially diffuse a conflict like that. Now, of course, this depends on the conflict and what you guys, what the goal of the discussion is, um, which I touched on last week in terms of setting context. So it all depends. This might not work for every situation, but I will say, try this in your next conflict and see what happens and let me know. I think it's fascinating to observe. So let's just get into the tips. I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> We're going to go over five tips today. So get your notebook, get your notes app open, or make sure to listen to this later. Download it and listen to it later because um, you're going to want to remember these. And here's, here's the thing. Please practice these. Listening to this podcast and getting jazzed up and excited, that's one thing. And integrating this into your actual life is how you're actually going to see change. And that means it's going to be really uncomfortable at first. Like you're going to try and integrate some of these tools and it's probably going to feel awkward as fuck. <laughs> when I started working on some of these tools, it felt so weird and uncomfortable and awkward and just like not natural. I almost felt like teachy or something in practicing these. And I can speak from a place now where it's just second nature to use these tools. And it doesn't feel awkward anymore. And um, I think I have more, not only more meaningful conversations with people in my life, but people can come to me and in a short time feel a lot better just from talking to me because they feel understood essentially by me. So here it goes. Tip number one. You must be absolutely fucking present. Okay, so I'm talking to you Gen Ys. Um, this is not, so first of all, presence in the obvious way, which means put away your phone, put down the laptop, you know, put down the book, the newspaper, whatever it is. I mean, if you're looking at a phone and someone's trying to share with you or fill in the blank a phone, whatever it is, that's just the most obvious way that you're not present. So put down distractions is the first piece of this. But the second piece of this is being truly present. So this doesn't just mean a looking like you're present. What? I don't have anything in my hand. <laughs> I'm present. Where is your mind right now? Are you actually able to drop the thoughts of this moment and today and truly tune in to what the speaker is sharing with you? Or are you not? And so maybe, so perhaps let's say your partner comes up to you and they listen to my episode eight. So they're using responsible speaking tools. And so they ask you if you're available for a conversation that's going to be about 30 minutes and it's about something that happened at work today. Now let's say you, when, when your partner approaches, are right in the midst 
of a really important work email or you're in the midst of a meditation you were, you know, enjoying and that's your you time. Maybe you're just busy cooking dinner and signing permission slips and getting things ready for school tomorrow for the kids. And so that's where your attention is. But no matter the case, if you are unable to be present as a listener, just own that. Rather than saying, yeah, I'm available, and then being completely checked out and not present the whole time they're talking. Because that doesn't really serve anyone. Frankly, in my opinion, it's just a waste of time. You might as well use that time to do whatever it is your mind can't stop focusing on and then come back later and have an actual present conversation. So as a listener, if you're uh, graced with the question if if the if the person speaking comes to you and actually sets context and asks you if you're present then be sh- or available be sure to check in and just be honest get clear and be honest with them now if your speaker doesn't actually cuz not everyone sets context right not everyone listens to my podcast and uses these tools so someone might just come at you full blown you know, word vomiting all over the place and not even ask if you're available. So let's say that happens and you're, you're like, damn, I'm not available. I'm like right in the middle of this thing. And I know I'm not going to be able to be present. Um, that's when I'm going to recommend that you just interrupt. And I know for some of you, you just had a mini heart attack when I said that you want me to interrupt, but that's wrong. So I will go into interrupting more because that's actually my third tip. But for now, I'm going to say if that happens to you and you're not able to be present, just interrupt them and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Can you please stop for a second? I'm not actually available to like truly listen to you right now. So do you mind holding this conversation and we'll come back to it later? And what's important to know is if you are going to come back to it later, you need to set a time frame. And this is important because for some people, based on their nervous system and how they operate, if you don't set a time frame, that can feel very alarming to them. If you just say, we'll come back to this later, that can be kind of vague and leave them in a state of anxiousness where they're like, Constantly wondering and checking, is he ready, is he not, or is she ready, is she not? So let's say your partner comes, they start talking at you, you interrupt, you say, I'm sorry, I'm not available for this right now, but I will be available tonight around 9 p.m. Does that work for you? And so now you can just have kind of a dialogue going back and forth. Oh, no, 9 is a little late. Could you do this? And, you know, then you just work as two adults and try and find a happy medium. So... Tip number one, you got to be present. You got to be present by putting aside distractions and you have to be able to be present in your mind and say, yep, I can actually set aside my stuff right now to be with you. I'm actually able to do that right now. And sometimes you won't be able to do that and that's okay. And that's when you say, hey, you know, maybe it's tomorrow you'll be available. Um... 
hopefully it's it you guys can find a time that works for both of you is the goal all right tip number two maintaining genuine curiosity so this the first two tips are kind of like the backbone of attuned listening as i see it and it's it's like, so the next three are going to be more practical, like this is something you can do, but presence and curiosity. If you don't have these going on inside of you when you're about to listen to someone, it's going to be very hard for you to, like us, listen like you give a shit. So maintaining genuine curiosity. And what this does is when we are curious I feel to me it's like almost like curiosity and then judgment fall on opposite ends of the spectrum. So when we're when I'm in judgment, I'm gonna you're gonna share things with me and I'm gonna judge them and oh that's bad and that's wrong or you shouldn't have done that or you should have done that. When I'm curious, I'm gonna think, huh, why'd you do that? What were you feeling when you did that? Were you scared? Were you excited? What did that mean to you? Do you see the difference there? So that first example was like, if I'm in a state of essentially judgment. And that second example is if I'm in a state of curiosity. So it's it's like, let me see if I can just make a little example and apply it to relationships. Um, okay, so let's say I walk in on my partner and he's watching graphic pornography. And this isn't something we've talked about. We don't have any agreements in place, so I'm a little shocked. Now, if he's telling me about, you know, his experience with the pornography or maybe he's explaining because he just got caught and he's like, oh God, and he's nervous. So he's trying to explain himself. If I'm in judgment, I might say something like, God, you sicko, what's wrong with you? What, I'm not good enough for you? Now, if I'm in more of a curious place, I might say something like, wow, you're into raunchy pornography? I had no idea. Is this what you like in the bedroom? Does this give you a certain feeling that you can't get with when you're with me? Do you think about me when you're watching this stuff? Do you wish you were watching it with me? So you can kind of see how that essential that experience of you walking in on your partner watching hardcore pornography um, could go one of two ways based on if you're in curiosity versus if you're in judgment. So tip number two is to maintain genuine curiosity. Um, how do you do that? Well, ways I've done it, you know, the I, fantasy is that you'll always be super genuinely curious about what your loved one wants to share with you, right? Uh, the truth is sometimes I'm not. Sometimes my partner is sharing with me things like he does a lot of like really in-depth electrical experiments and it's hard for me to even follow the language as well as I'd like to. So he'll be sharing that with me sometimes. And quite frankly, it's like I don't have the genuine curiosity of like, how does that electrical current work on a microscopic level? Um... So what works for me is I find genuine curiosity because I care about this person 
so deeply. And I love the way he lights up when he's talking about this stuff. And so I'm genuinely curious about what lights him up in that way. So I can find genuine curiosity in why essentially him or the person sharing, like, why are you, oh, I'm so curious about why you're so excited about this versus, oh, I'm super curious about electrical engineering. (laughs) Okay, so you may not be genuinely curious about the subject, but you can kind of work your mind, at least in my experience, I've been able to work my mind and find a way to be genuinely curious about this person and what they're about to share. So harness that genuine curiosity, my friend. And so when you've got this absolute fucking presence and this genuine curiosity together is like this delicious base for the most epic listening experience of your lifetime. (laughs) So that brings us to tip number three, which I foreshadowed a little bit earlier. But tip number three is to interrupt, damn it. Yes, Nikki Sunshine, certified relationship coach, uncertified relationship badass, is here to tell you I want you to interrupt. And this is a touchy one because so many of us, including myself, were taught from a young age that it's rude to interrupt. Period. There's no colors, ifs, ands, or buts about it. Interrupting is rude. And most people in my life still believe this, just kind of black and white. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure many of you listening right now are like, what the fuck is this girl talking about? But I want you to interrupt. And here's why. I think we've all had that friend who kind of comes in the room and starts telling you about something and pretty much just talks so voraciously and it's like they don't even know you're in the room, right? It's it's when someone talks at you in such a way that you feel like I could walk away and literally put an inanimate object here. I could put a coat rack here and it would be doing the same thing. You could just talk at the coat rack, right? And... You know, for me at least, I'll speak for myself, I just feel drained after something like that. It's like there's not even a pause for me to get a word in edgewise. And quite frankly, in these scenarios, like three, four minutes in, I'm so lost because the person's talking so fast. And typically what's happening is they're unable to stay present in these scenarios where someone's talking really fast and usually it's because they're still emotional about the experience and so it's coming out in all directions and they're repeating themselves and not making any sense. And so according to society, the polite thing to do in this scenario is to sit there like a robot and say nothing. And then a few minutes in when you start to check out because you don't even know what the fuck's going on, your mind's wandering around thinking about other things you have to do and that delicious smoothie you had earlier today and how you can't wait to get home. This is this is polite because at least you're not interrupting. <laughs> I'm well, I'm not sorry, so I won't say that, but I I'm just going to own I'm probably offending some of you and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um I don't mean to be rude. 
but I mean, I just mean to demonstrate and kind of stand up against this cultural norm that says we shouldn't interrupt when frankly, I think it's actually much more of a service to interrupt in those scenarios. So one of my teachers, Jason Gaddis, calls this captive audience. I, I like that term. It, see, it encapsulates the experience for me. But that's so I'm going to call it that for reference right now. Um, but yeah, this is the experience of being captive audience to someone where you're kind of captive. You're stuck because, again, they're just talking, 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 talking. And you're just kind of like in a trance, like, OK, I just have to sit here and smile and nod. Uh-huh. And, and I'm not really present. So this is how I might interrupt in that situation. So let's say a friend walks in and they're talking and it's been like two or three minutes now. And it's at the point where I'm starting to get lost and I can tell I'm losing presence. I'm going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. So I, 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 I will keep going until they stop. Um, maybe I'll just do a timeout. So I'll just say, timeout, timeout. Can we have a timeout? And this is a podcast. So you can't see me, but I'm literally making a T with my hands right now and putting it like right up by my face. So it's really easy to see. It's kind of like we do this when we're children, right? With kids. Timeout. But you can, a triggered adult is basically like a kid. <laughs> So you can use this same technique, a timeout. Um, and, you know, maybe I've been with people, I've been with clients that even with a big T in front of my face, they're still talking at me. And so then you can just start, you could wave your arms. You could say, no, hold on, please stop. Please stop for a minute. And just do what you need to do to interrupt this person. And so I might say, hey, please stop, hold on. Wow, um, sounds like you're you're going through a lot today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm starting to get a little bit lost because you're saying a lot of words really fast, and it's it's hard for me to follow and stay present. So could we just slow this whole thing down a little bit? And could you go back to the part where you and your partner were talking about your trip coming up next month, and and start from there because that's where I kind of started to get lost. Does that work? Okay, so I might just do something like that. I might just ask them like, whoa, can we just slow this down? Because, and it's not, I just interrupted you so I'm rude. It's I just interrupted you because I care about you so much that I, I actually want to be present for what you're sharing with me. So do you see how interrupting can be like an act of care almost? Um, at least to me, it feels, I feel cared for when someone would stop me if I was just going on a tangent and, and say, whoa, dude, like, I want to, I want to get you right now, you know? So, um, interrupting another way you might, another reason you might interrupt. Uh, so maybe you could just use small interruptions to clarify details along the way. So it might just look like this. Uh, someone's talking and then I say, wait, hold on. Did you mean that when he left the house you felt scared or when he started yelling at you, he felt scared? Okay, got it. Keep going. So it can just be little interruptions like that. Hold on. Did you say you left work at lunch or did you leave work at five? 
So you can just stop someone to clarify little details that feel important to you. Um, so that's another way to interrupt. But I just want to rewrite the narrative that interrupting is like rude and wrong and bad because I just don't think that's the case. And so I invite you to step on this um, kind of taboo train with me and say, I will interrupt because I love you. <laughs> I interrupt as an act of love and caring and presence. Okay, so tip number three, interrupt, damn it. And that brings us to tip number four, which is reflecting back. So as the listener, you know how conversation kind of has this natural ebb and flow sometimes. And so something you can do when the conversation kind of comes back to you, that space opens up for you to share, is you can reflect back to your speaker what you've heard. And so I like to do this, like reflecting back what they shared, but in my own words. Um, if I reflect back in exactly their words, it can start to feel a bit robotic for me. So that's my preference. But you could reflect just exactly what they said back to you. Um, but essentially, this is acting as a mirror for your speaker. And this serves both of you as I see it. Um, it serves the speaker because... I believe that having their thoughts and what they're sharing reflected back to them can help them to actually get more clear on what they're feeling or what they want or you know what action needs to be taken um, just by you reflecting back. And so I want to clarify, reflecting back is not sharing what you heard with the addition of your own judgments and thoughts and ideas around it. It's a simple reflection. So that so a really basic example, let me just speak a verbal example here, would be like this. Hey, Nikki, I had a really rough day because I woke up and me and my boyfriend got in a fight and then I fell in a puddle on my way to work and ah, it was just the worst day. And then I might reflect and say, wow, Sarah, it sounds like you had a really really rough day that started with a fight with your boyfriend and and ended with your face in a puddle. Is that right? So I basically reflected exactly what she said, and but I just made it into my own words. Um, but what I didn't say is, wow, sounds like you and your partner can't work out your shit and then your clumsy ass fell into a puddle, <laughs> right? Because obviously that has a ton of my own judgments and perceptions piled on top of it. And so it's not an accurate reflection. Um, it's more of a projection. That's more of my projection. So tip number four is to reflect back. Um, oh, that's right. I, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, so that's how it benefits the speaker. It can help them to just get more clear on what they're sharing and feeling and um, maybe what's next. Now for the listener, this helps because... It helps to actually keep you present. If, you're, if, if reflection is kind of just a part of how you listen, you're constantly tracking and noticing what they're saying and picking up on things so that you can reflect at the right time. Um, so for the listener, I think it's a great tool to help you stay present and to actually clarify that you're 
truly understanding the person speaking. So you kind of get it like a shared reality. Um, you know, you reflect back and say, is that right? And they're like, yep, that's right. And then you're like, cool, I'm right with there with you. Or you might reflect back and say, you know, am, am I with you? And they're like, mm, no, that's actually, that's not quite it. And now you have a chance to say, oh, okay, I guess I missed something. Can you explain that part again? And like, damn, dude, just put yourself in the speaker's position. If you're listen, if you're speaking to someone and they actually did that and they reflected to you and then you were like, wait, no, actually that's not right. And they cared enough to say, okay, can you actually share that part again? Because I'm, I'm not really with you. Like, wow, that alone just feels so healing and loving and accepting and beautiful. So, yeah, reflecting back, um, being a mirror to your listener. This is tip number four. And so tip number five, which they're kind of related, I'm, I'm noticing right now. Tip number five is to bundle the essence. So this is similar to tip number four, but a little bit different. Um, you're bundling the essence. So if someone is speaking to you, with you, or at you, and they kind of monologue it, if you know what that means, it's like just kind of a one-person narrative going on and on. And let's say they say a lot in one chunk. So it's like, it's like a lot to digest. And to even reflect that would be insane because they just talked for, let's say, you know, three, four minutes straight. Um, so this is a way, bundling the essence means to take basically a lot of words and to like bundle it up into like one nice little sentence to, to um, express your understanding. So it's, it's essentially getting the essence of what they're trying to share. So an example might be like, let's say um, I'm, let's say I'm talking to my friend and me and my partner got in a fight today and I'm really emotional about it, right? So I'm just, I'm, I'm going, I'm talking a lot. I'm using a lot of words. But what I'm really trying to convey is that I feel betrayed by my partner. Okay, that's like the underlying message that you can feel as the listener. So, you know, that might look like, friend, can I just talk to you? Oh my God, I'm totally blown out. I feel so betrayed. I just, I just can't believe what I found today. Me and Warren, we were hanging out and then, you know, he left his phone behind and he asked me to look this thing up and I opened the phone and then there it was, this girl and her name's Cindy. Can you believe it? Her name is fucking Cindy. And I read the messages and this and that and we had these agreements and da, 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 da. And I just go on and on. But what I'm really trying to convey and you being the intuitive listener that you are understands, okay, what she's really trying to get across is that, man, she feels so betrayed and hurt and she can't believe he did this. So I'm talking and talking and let's say I'm, so I, so I, I, I talk it all out, right? I, I kind of just talk for like three minutes and now it, now it's on you, the listener. And you're like, okay, what do I say now? It's kind of the ebb and flow has come to me. You could take all of that, all of those words, and just say something like, wow, wow, my heart hurts for you. I'm so sorry you're in this pain. It sounds like you feel betrayed by Warren, who you've loved and, tr loved and trusted and lived with for 
years. That must be so hard. And then I'm like, holy, and I just melt. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm feeling. So this tip is really about taking a lot of words or a lot of story and bundling the essence. What is the point? What is this person trying to get you to understand, pick up, read, intuit? What is it? And reflect that back to them, that little essence. And that can be so powerful because A, it helps the speaker feel so understood. It's like you took this confusing pile of messy words and everything and like put it into something that makes sense and that could be understood. So it helps the listener feel understood. It probably helps them get clear like, yeah, thank you. I don't I didn't really know what was going on with me, but like that's it. I feel betrayed and I'm so hurt and I just don't know what I'm going to do. And additionally, bundling the essence can help to like progressively move a conversation in a productive way. And I don't mean productive that you have to find a solution, but I mean productive in whatever the goal of the conversation is. So again, this goes back to my last episode um, in terms of setting context. What do you want here? If the goal of the listener is just to be understood, then I consider a productive conversation just having them feel understood. You don't have to have a solution. You know, if the, if the goal is to get your input, then I consider a productive conversation where the list, the speaker shares and then the listener shares their input, right? So it all depends on what you want from this. But um, bundling the essence can help to move the conversation so you don't just get stuck, like going back and forth, kind of clarifying small, unimportant details and and just like getting stuck in kind of a wordy story. It can kind of just help to bring clarity and... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's just like an, I'm, I'm cupping my hands right now, like a, a neat little bundle. Like this is the point, right? It's essentially like this tips about like, what's the point here? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to understand? Um, and so, yeah, bundling the essence. Uh, this feels like the most confusing of the tips I've shared today. So if you have questions, of course, reach out to me. Um, but yeah, it's essentially the ability to take a lot of words and story and bundle it up and then reflect that back to the speaker and say, is this what you're going through right now? Man, it sounds like you're really struggling to have your partner hear you when you're upset. Is that right? All right, folks, this has been five juicy tips on attentive and attuned listening. As I like to call it, live it listening like you give a shit, ligus. <laughs> and when I say ligus, I'm talking about listening until the speaker could confirm that they feel truly seen and understood by you. So if you're doing this right, that means after a conversation, you could turn to the listener and say, hey, do you feel understood by me? Do you feel like I get your world right now? And they would answer yes. If you can't do that, you haven't ligased. And so it's not about 
listening until you feel like you've understood the other person. It's listening until they can confirm that they feel seen and understood by you. Do you see that difference? I think this one's really big, particularly in conflict with partnership. Because like when we're in one of those heated, you know, just like um, triggered arguments and someone's like, well, you didn't even listen to me. And then the other person's like, I did listen to you. See that right there? I side with the person. (laughs) If I'm going to pick sides, I side with the person who said you didn't even listen to me. Why? Not because I witnessed this and know who listened and who didn't, but because if the speaker doesn't feel like the listener listened, then in my opinion, the listener didn't listen. Because what's the point of listening if the speaker doesn't feel listened to and seen, right? It's like, oh, cool, I listened to you, but you don't feel that at all. You don't feel like you were listened. You don't feel like I was present. So then it's as if I wasn't even there and I didn't even listen. right so yeah let's let's change it let's change the paradigm you guys enough of these conversations where you're getting just talked at and checking out and like just totally not present enough of the feeling of sharing with someone and not feeling satisfied at the end of the conversation they didn't really get you or they weren't really with you. Let's switch up this paradigm and change the world effectively by practicing responsible speaking and attuned listening every single day in our lives, in our relationships, and just teach by example and let that ripple effect spread through the world because you know what if we could fucking communicate better there'd probably be way less conflict in the world if this world knew how to work out if we knew how to work out our differences as humans i mean just think of how much less violence and you know i don't know i'm i'm getting emotional just talking about it but there's a lot of um there's a lot of ugly in the world And I'm not blind to that. Um, So what I try and do is live every day in accordance with my values and try and use the ripple effect to change the world effectively in each moment. So that's what I'm calling you forward to do with this information. Take this information, go share it, go spread it, go spread the love. Um, And as always, I love and appreciate you so fucking much. Thank you for being here. It is my complete joy to serve And yeah, I'm really excited for next week. My 10th episode is an interview with this amazing relationship coach and men's work um, kind of expert. His name's Matt Forte. Uh, He's based in Canada and um, I'm going to be interviewing him for my next episode. So definitely don't miss next week. There's going to be a lot for you men listening out there. You will definitely want to listen to my episode 10. Um, it's going to be kind of around intimacy from the male perspective. Um, I think there's a really big difference between how female energy experiences intimacy and male energy. So I want to highlight that and just make it known. So please, you know, join me (laughs) and yeah, 
I'm not going to go into the rant because I did in the beginning, but you know how to show me love if you're getting value on Instagram, on the Apple iTunes app. You all know the drill. Um, thank you for being here. If you haven't already, join my epic Facebook tribe. I've linked it in the show notes. And yeah, I'll catch you badasses in the next episode. See you then.